0: Nick Fairley gets an obviously illegal hit on Aaron Murray, and Schubert Taylor is like running down the sideline, waving his towel around I, I can't talk about Schubert Taylor without cursing. Raven his towel around in the air. And I just thought, you know what? This is the first time that I've really thought about fighting someone who makes over a million dollars a year.
1: Welcome to Chapel Belker, a stats-focused podcast by UGA football. I'm Justin. And I'm Nathan. And today we're going to talk about the Auburn Tigers or Eagles or whatever the heck they think they are at this point and how we're going to beat them this weekend, or how we yeah. plan to beat them, rather.
0: The Eagle Plainsman. Um, <laughs> the Eaglesman. I really like portmanteauing their name. Um, yeah, absolutely. So yes.
1: you've been kind of talking, it's, it's been a, I've been following your, your Twitter, um, I call it your Twitter. It's really our Twitter, but you kind of run it, the uh, the Chapel Bell Curve Twitter. Obstensibly our Twitter. It's Yeah, it's supposed to be ours, but you, you do such a good job that I'm not even bothered to uh, involve myself, to be honest. I say all that to say you have, uh, this is going to lead us right into subjective narratives. You've been kind of talking a little bit about um, this game, what it's meant to you in the past few years, and I kind of wanted you to share a little bit with the listeners, if you could, Nathan.
0: I guess I'll tell the one particular story I told on Twitter today, which was that um, when I was in college, in undergrad, one of the way I sort of made money to eat basically was I class checked. For those of you who aren't aware, and it's pretty well publicized at this point, that UGA has a class checking program. So basically every student athlete, what they have to do is sign in with a class checker before each class. And if they miss as few as two classes, um, they'll immediately lose part of their playing time on the season. So um, I did this all the way through basically my sophomore year onward working with athletics. So one of the years that I class checked, I happened to class check Aaron Murray in a class and... I was class checking him the day after we played him, after we played Auburn in 2009. That was the Nick Fairley game. Um, If you'll recall, Auburn won. That was the Cam Newton year. I always call it the Nick Fairley game because Nick Fairley had like three uncalled late hits. I mean, these. If that game were played right now, I'm pretty sure that several that Nick Fairley at the very least would have been ejected. There were several late hits that just would not be kosher at this point. You know, eight years later. So the The day after he comes to class and he has ice, or Aaron Murray comes to class and I'm checking him and I was really worried about him because he showed up and he had ice packs on both shoulders, both knees and one of his wrists, but he was just like walking around campus like that. They were just like attached to him with saran wrap and he was just like saran wrapped up into like a bubble. And I was like, how you doing, man? And he was like, it was kind of a rough weekend because he got sacked like five times, I think. And... And then an additional four or five uncalled late hits on him. And if you just look up Nick Fairley dirty hit UGA, you will see something that just like, I mean, if you're a UGA fan deeply infuriates you the calls that I have no idea how they were missed. And we were competitive in that game against the eventual national champion, but apparently the refs just couldn't be bothered to turn their head and look at what was happening after the ball was thrown. I've always had a very cordial relationship with the Auburn, um, the Auburn fan base, you know, but I so I've never had any reason to dislike Auburn from like a personal perspective, the way that I do Florida. But after that game, that was when I was like, all right, yeah, I hate Auburn again. I hate him for forever.
1: <laughs> so I guess that'll lead us very, very easily into our subjective narratives. So what is the media talking about? What are people saying? How do we feel about this game? My favorite part about this is you can actually track back to one of our first episodes. We were uh, looking at the whole season. And it's back in our, our baby days. We had our training wheels still on, on Chapel Bell Curve and everything. And we were talking about the season, like I said. But the Auburn game, I feel like, used to be, it was like a 75% chance of a loss. It was like right around that three quarters of a chance of us losing. And now we're actually favored to win, which is fantastic. But I think that's pretty neat. And I'm sure people are, are already talking about that. That Where were we in the very beginning of the season? We were like ranked, what, 14th,
0: 16th, something yeah, around there? we were in between 15 and 20. That's right.
1: And now we're number one according to CFP, but we were still above, I don't know if we were still above Auburn and SP plus, but it's something we could look back on, but that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. What else are you seeing in the, in the media?
0: Um, I mean, I think that there's a significant narrative and this is not, this is not one of those annoying BS narratives. This is more like a true narrative that, um, Auburn controls its destiny in the playoff race in the sense that if it beats Alabama and Georgia twice, It will go to the national championship just because if you beat the one and two teams and you beat the number one team twice, you're going to the you're going to the playoffs for sure. Uh, But at the same time, if Auburn loses both of its next two or three or uh, how many games we have three games left. If Auburn, yeah, if Auburn loses its last three games or just goes one and two but loses badly to Georgia and Alabama, uh, Gus Malzahn could absolutely be fired. And so that's a really interesting, and I actually think that's true, but just because of how insane the Auburn, not even the Auburn fan base, but the Auburn mega boosters and the people just in the Auburn, you know, the, the academic side of Auburn have insanely high expectations, and they are very quick to move when those expectations aren't met, so... Um, I really think it's going to be interesting to see. I think that's a real narrative in the sense that it's an important one to follow. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what that looks like going forward. Um, I
1: would absolutely agree. I'm very excited to kind of see what Auburn does uh, with the rest of their season. They have a really, really kind of tough road ahead of them. And they absolutely have a chance to, it would be pretty interesting if they if we we could lose to Auburn and still potentially play them in the SEC Championship. So this game matters to us for our college football playoff chances, but not necessarily for our SEC championship chances
0: no i mean we're so. in there we're going to atlanta regardless i i, yeah. marked, I marked myself guys going on facebook so you know it's you know it's real it's now it's happening
1: yeah <laughs> you've already checked in yeah and you're no, hanging out with your there's friends
0: there's no way there's no way that i would uh break the sacred bond of the facebook will go thing but yeah i mean I, I i think it is gonna be interesting i mean i at any other school in the nation and i include uga and alabama in this there's no way that malzahn gets fired after this year especially when they're in the playoff hunt in November. But I just—it's possible that he does. I mean, it—it's—it would not be shocking.
1: This would be like a Les Miles
0: situation, though, because Les
1: Miles, when he did get fired a couple of years ago, he got fired on what was arguably just a really good season for him. Still, like he lost to some really good teams, and they still ended up firing him, and else yeah. he really hasn't come back since then. Well, that
0: was—that was because uh, that he got fired, I think, basically because like of the year before, and I think that. Like the year before Les Miles got fired, they were going to fire him with about four games left, and then he he won the last four games. So the year he got yeah. fired, as soon as he started doing bad, they just they just fired him immediately. Yeah. Let's. Have you got any other narratives before we go on to get into these beautiful, beautiful stats? I'm trying to think of anything else I know about Auburn's. Any other kind of narratives? I just
1: remember there's something that sticks out to me every time we play Auburn. I grew up with this guy who was really, really. We were we were friends. And we hung out a lot just because we both played computer games. This is completely off track. No, it's okay. Just gonna take it. <laughs> I just needed to share. just need to get this off my chest. But he absolutely loved Auburn. And I never understood why, necessarily. Like, it was in all of his, like, gamer tags. And, like, his Steam account had something to do with War Eagle. And it just kept going on and on and on. And it really turned me off to college football as a whole. And This was in, like, middle school going into college. Or high school. Not college. And thankfully, I came back around. But I just remember having a sour taste for Auburn even before I really enjoyed college football or even watched college football, for that matter. So I'm really excited about this weekend, and I'm excited to see what we do. That's all I got to say about that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I am too. I, I No, I grew up in—this is also off-topic, but I grew up in Carrollton, which is just solidly Auburn country. Carrollton is the last Carroll County is the last county before you hit to Alabama. And when my friend Ethan and I first went to UGA our senior year, we were, I think, the first couple of people to go to UGA in five or six years— from a very yeah. good school and it was just because sort of the default was auburn um, all, right. all right so let's 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 talk about some of these big beautiful stats these are some good stats i am excited about this game because of these stats like this is going to be a very well played game on both sides Yeah, gorgeous gorgeous stats so let's start with auburn's defense so we're just going to go th- this is our segment what do we know about auburn so let me tell you what the numbers tell us uh, this is by far the best unit that uh, UGS faced this year defensively i would say um you know Notre Dame had a very good defense but this Auburn's defense is elite pretty much from top to bottom um they rank fourth in efficiency 15th in defending the explosive run or the explosive play and they are number one overall in the nation at keeping people out of the end zone their uh points per trip inside the 40 they're ranked first in the nation um Jeez. so they they they'll bend but not break they'll let you get the big play occasionally but you're just not getting a lot of points on them and on top of that they're also just incredibly efficient they keep you behind the chains um they're a very good run d 4th and 3rd in S&P in success rate, um, respectively. But on the other hand, they're only average at defending explosive runs. They're ranked 67th in the nation in uh, rushing ISOPPP defense. So, I mean, that kind of... That makes sense why... I think that kind of reads in with their been but do not break um, the read on them, is that they'll give up a big play, but they just don't give up many points. They are they have really good numbers all the way through. They're, they're 30th in passing down ISOPPP, which means, you know, if you want to throw deep on them, you can. They don't cause a lot of havoc. They are forty-second in havoc rate overall, but they play solid throughout, as evidenced by the fact that they have three defensive linemen. They're starting three defensive linemen. All have an opposing success rate below forty percent, which means that if a play comes to one of those three defensive linemen, they have less—you have a you know less than a coin flip's chance of it being successful. Yeah, they're not. I would say their only sort of weakness, rush defense-wise, is their they're 59th in stuff rate, which, which is, is good for us. Yeah, which is good for us, but. Um, you know, this is a real, this is a real effing defense. Like there's no doubt about it, that this is a defense that is going to be, um, have a sig- significant talent advantage over just about anyone else that we played. And will what we'll could, if you put our defense in this defense beside each other, they would not be that different. No, now, they,
1: they play a similar game.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's a little bit deeper, there's some deeper stuff inside of the numbers, but that's, you know, just, um, from the 5,000 foot view, I'm not, I, they're not a paper tiger. Like they're a real team. They're, they're a really good team. Uh, this is going to definitely be the best team we've, we've faced all year. This is going to be Alabama junior.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting. You talk about, this is the best unit that we have faced all year. This is, we are also the best unit they've faced all year, which is a, yeah. a fantastic thing we're by far and away, the best offense they faced all year. I was kind of looking through
0: the next best ones would be Mississippi state LSU. and, Clemson, and oh, Clemson, LSU. Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and looking at, you know, defensively, looking but really, at- LSU. Oh,
1: dang! I'm sorry to interrupt you. LSU is like way worse than I thought they were on offense. Yeah, actually. yeah, no, they're
0: not. They're not good at all. They have a very bad no. quarterback. But I think what kind of is you? You got to give Auburn props defensively. I mean, if you look at their defensive percentile performances, not only are they mm-hmm. good, they're playing consistently good. I mean, um, 98, 81, 96, 78, 89, 72, 59 was their L- lost LSU, 79, and then 65. I mean, so they're not really turning in duds. Um, if anything, this year the high variance unit on their on their team has been their offense, which is kind of weird if you think about a Gus Malzahn team. Um, do you want to run down their uh, offensive stats real quick here?
1: Okay, yeah, absolutely. Just reading through their some some notable offensive stats. We've got a few things here. Um, they are 93rd adjusted pace, which makes them kind of a slow team, oddly
0: enough. Yeah, they're slower than us in adjusted pace, uh, which is not which is good. Nice. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's rare. They are really bad in the fourth quarter, which is funny to say. We are also on paper bad in the fourth quarter, but it's because we've been ahead so much all year, uh, just about against any team we played that we don't have a need to be any far ahead. They've played, looking down their list of scores, they they've had some similar scores to what we've had, but they're allowing a little bit more points than we have uh, over the year. 82nd in passing down sack rate,
0: 128th in standard down sack rate. Yeah, they'll, they'll give out they'll they'll give up some sacks. That's for sure
1: yeah so that's that's all right with that well that's also coming from that clemson game is what i'm really looking at Um, go ahead i was just gonna say the that in that clemson game i had it here jared stidham got sacked like seven times 11 times 11 11 times. 11
0: times that's a ridiculous number um they also you know they're they're an average they're okay they are a very good rushing team i guess on a per game basis they've turned in some very impressive rushing performances this year but they're an average rushing team overall. Um, they have a very good success rate. Uh, Cameron Patway, who is one of their running backs, is probably the reason why for that. He's a big rumbling back who just kind of falls forward for three yards. But um, fortunately for us, and unfortunately for him, he is injured currently and will not be playing in the game on Saturday. So I'm, you know, they have a guy named on Johnson who is like kind of their version of Sony Michelle. He's real fast. He gets around the edge. He's just a electric runner. But he is not the kind of guy who's just going to pound up in the middle and get you three or four yards. So that makes me feel a little bit better about our matchup versus their rush. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're a mediocre passing success rate team. They do not throw. Uh, they, you know, they're not they're not efficient, um, really at all passing. But on the other hand, they are explosive. They're about they're 21st in the nation in ISO PPP plus in uh, on passing plays. So I mean that kind of syncs up with what we know about their quarterback. Jared Stidham is a Baylor transfer um chip lindsey is off the todd graham tree which is off the Hal mummy tree which is the original air raid like mike leach tree of offense which is their offensive Mm. coordinator is uh, chip lindsey so they are gonna throw it deep they're gonna throw it deep a lot um yeah he's already
1: thrown for 2,000 yards this season
0: and if you look at his like uh yards per pass and yards per completion it's pretty impressive
1: (laughs) it is actually really impressive yeah he's uh completed 145 47 passes 220 attempts He's four yards shy of two thousand eleven touchdowns, yep. and only three interceptions after all that. Mm-hmm. Jeez! 20,
0: but on the other hand, twenty three sacks, twenty three sacks, nine point five percent sack rate. So, <sighs> by comparison, just to give you a little like apple literal apples to apples here, if we look at um, UGA right now, um, Jake Crom has taken seven sacks. He's a mm-hmm. four point five uh, percent sack rate. Yeah. So. And even, so that means that, like, even if you took out that 11 sack performance, right, that would still get him to, what, 13? So he, or 12, he would still have more than we do uh, and have insane. a much higher. Yeah. So they definitely will give up the sack. But on the other hand, if you look at his um, yards per attempt number, which is sort of the the true measure of, you know, what's crazy is yards per attempt is only 7.7. 7. Hmm. Maybe that's because he's and,
1: in a And Jake Fromm's 9.1.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think some of that has to do with sample size. You know, how many, how many, yeah. He's got um, 50 more completions than, than yeah, Jake right. Fromm, and he's also got 220 attempts to Jake Fromm's 150. So yeah, about 70 more passes total.
1: Whatever.
0: <laughs> Don't bring That's your fine. logic
1: into this, Nathan. Yeah, whatever. What else have we got for these guys? They're an average rushing team. They have a good success rate, but it's probably due to a uh, Petway, who is actually injured. So their the rushing game's kind of in the in the crapper at this point, huh? Yeah. Really would have made a big difference because i think that's where we're probably best at when it comes to actual defense is actually stuffing the the run yeah Um, i mean we're
0: we're gonna have to i think you're right i think the biggest comparison or the biggest concern in this game for us defensively is can we stand up down the field against their uh receivers they've had some busts that receiver but they have a couple of very good receivers um you know, they've targeted Ryan Davis the most. He has 484 yards, but they've got one, two, three, four guys who have more than 200 yards this year, another guy that has 184, and these are all big dudes, 6'2", 6'2", and then, you know, a couple of good slot guys. So um, I think really the challenge for us is going to be, can we hold up in single coverage? Because we have seen this, this door to defense uh, give up some busts down the fields yeah. On the field.
1: But it looks like so. Ryan Davis has been targeted twenty five percent of the time um, on on passes, and he has a s- almost sixty percent success rate. Which I only bring those up because that target rate is a full almost ten percent more than the next best receiver, and the success rate is a full almost it's like twenty five percent higher than the next best receiver. Yeah. So, are we going to see double coverage? Which I don't think we've seen a lot of this year. First of all,
0: um, I don't. I think we're going to see a lot of safety top over the. Well, see, okay, so here's what here's what is going to be the really interesting chess match. Mm-hmm. If, you, if we can't stop the run, which is this is kind of true in every game, then we're screwed, right? So yeah. our preference would be to rotate a safety down into the box and play with eight in the box. The problem is, of course, you've got one guy who you're really worried about. So if you rotate the single high safety over to that guy's side and put him in bracket coverage, then you have the issue where you've got the opposite side cornerback, which is usually a... Um, you know, the second-best wide receiver and the second-best cornerback, which is a pretty big drop-off for, drop for us, single single coverage on the other side. So I I think you will see some bracket coverage anyway just because, you know, Ty- Tyreek McGee and Aaron Davis are good players, but they have given up some yards this year. Yeah,
1: I think we learned from that. What, what game was that, the Missouri game? Yeah. That we Yeah, we gave up some weird corner throws. Um, I think we've learned from that. I think that we're definitely going to learn a lot from their Clemson game as well. And I think we're going to try to emulate a little bit of what Clemson did. Our our defense and Clemson's defense—they don't necessarily play the same or similar playbook, but we kind of show up with the same numbers, which is really good.
0: Yeah, no, I mean we have—we're definitely in a, a similar statistical profile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's kind of a meta narrative in this game, and this is one of the narratives I would get into uh, earlier, but I actually think this one's for real, which is the idea that um, Gus Malzahn is has is a well-known autocrat when it comes to calling the offense and has a tendency to take the playbook away from whoever is his offensive coordinator and just run the same three plays every time. Um, and if he does that, even if they have a lead, we're going to win. Oh, and absolutely. I, and I think that's really a question. Like, you know, that's going to really be a question going forward is how, how aggressive do they come out? Cause I feel like if they, I feel like their instinct is going to be to try to make this a 10 to 17, a 17 to 14 game. But I think that actually helps us more. I think I think our team is 100 percent comfortable with just like grinding out a really ugly dumb win, and I'm not sure that they're built that way. I think that's totally fine for us too. Like if we go into the halftime,
1: if we go into halftime losing, I think it's going to be just fine because we we come back in the third quarter so well. Our third quarter S&P Plus at this point, I know it was so good last time we talked about it. Now I want to see it this time. 21st in offense, first in defense. So yeah, I mean whatever they come back with after halftime, we're going to be prepared for it. Kirby Smart's he's he's too good at adjusting to just kind of
0: let it go. Well, yeah, and I I think, and we can kind of use this to transition into our, uh, what we want to see from this game, but I, you know, I really actually think that we have a distinct coaching advantage here. I, um, I think I would probably take most of our coaches over their coaches. I mean, I'd rather have Mel Tucker than Kevin Steele, just because Mel Tucker runs Kirby's defense. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have, probably might rather have Chip Lindsay, but other than that, I'd definitely rather have Kirby than Malzahn. I'd rather have our defensive line coach than their defensive line coach because I hate him. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's never going away. That hatred. What is that guy's name? It's a Tracy. You talking, Rock- about, talking
1: about the defensive line coach reminded me of you hating that, that guy from uh, South Carolina last week.
0: Oh, my. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm about to go off on this. So, yeah, yeah. Finish your, finish
1: your thought. I was only going to ask why you weren't going to be at this Auburn game because you said you weren't going to be there this weekend.
0: Oh, I'm not going to be there because my dad's getting married damn it nice i know good for you daddy yeah he asked me to be his best man and i like legitimately thought about saying no well actually no me and my brother i guess are both the best men whatever i literally was like i thought about and because i'm just like such a degenerate the worst part is like i thought about saying no to being in the wedding because they were scheduling the rehearsal dinner on the same day as the auburn game (laughs) (laughs) that's fair he should understand he should have thought about your needs yeah anyway so so if you want to get into some like just vintage Nathan hatred uh some one of my the first sophomore year uh at Auburn no actually junior year at Auburn was one of my first great coaching meltdowns where I was like on the sideline with the band in a band uniform and my heart was about to burst because I was so angry um (laughs) there used to be a guy who was a, a coach at Auburn like I don't like their their defensive line coach is named Rodney Gardner and he used to be our defensive line coach and he's a good coach but I just think he's kind of a Anyway, I'm gonna reserve my thoughts about him. There used to be a guy on Rodney Gar, or on Rod- who worked under Rodney Garner. He was a defensive coach named Trooper Taylor, um, and Trooper Taylor was. Let me make sure I get this right. He was an assistant coach. He's currently the cornerbacks coach at um, uh, Arkansas State, but from 2009 to 2012, he was the assistant head coach and wide receivers coach at Auburn. Okay. Now, here's the thing that I hate about Trooper Taylor. Trooper Taylor carries this big, like, giant white towel on the sidelines. And it's not like a spirit (laughs) towel. It's like a damn, like, bath towel. Like, he goes and gets it out of his bathroom every morning. And I just have this distinct memory. It was right before halftime in the 2009 Auburn game. And Nick Fairley gets an obviously illegal hit on Marion Murray. And Trooper Taylor is, like, running down the sideline, waving his towel around. I, I can't talk about Trooper Taylor without cursing. Ravens tall around and air, and I just thought, you know what? This is the first time that I really thought about fighting someone who makes over a million dollars a year. <laughs> you know it was like, I like I had, that's the best way to put that. I had this decision calculus in my head where I was like, I'd probably get beat up, you know, and he'd win, but if I just sucker punched him, just the moment of pure like bliss and completion and transcendence that that would bring me would almost mm-hmm. be worth like the inevitable time. And in and in that moment, I truly understood the Alabama fan who killed Auburn's trees. Like I got it, I totally, I totally got it. In that one moment, I was just like, okay, yeah, I, get I understand
1: now. Um, I've been talking with Ian, our IT guy, about um, t-shirts and coming up with like a t-shirt idea and what phrase we would put on it. And I really want decision calculus to be involved in some way.
0: <laughs> I I really do overuse that term, like a, a decision lot. calculus. Okay, decision calculus is like. It, it is, it is a very chapel bell curve, like cliche, but at the same time, like it's a really good term. Like oh, it's yeah, a, absolutely. it's a nominalization that refers to a. I mean, like it's a nominalization. So it's awesome because nominalizations are amazing. Um, uh-huh. and also it refers to a very specific set of verbs that we use a lot. So I oh, really yeah. like it. So, uh, all that being
1: said, if anybody out there wants something to be on a t-shirt that you would wear, let us know. You can yeah. actually I mean, are, us radio or, review or doing... just email us.
0: Yeah, we are thinking about doing shirts. And if anybody, if you are interested in getting a shirt and you're listening to this point, the four of you that are, will you just like tweet at the Chapel Bell Curve, Twitter or whatever, and just so we can gauge interest? I mean, because it would not be something that we did to make money. It would just purely be basically so that we could have the shirts and then, you know, let you guys have them as well if you want. Um, So we could, you know, just do them indirectly through some other site so that everybody's ordering them for the same price, I Mm -hmm. would imagine. Yeah. Um, that way, it's like we, we wouldn't make any money off of it. Basically, it'd be kind of like
1: saying. talking. It'd be kind of like people who do CrossFit on the side. We just want a reason and a, a way to bring it up naturally in organic conversation. So if it's on our shirt,
0: yeah, people will see yeah. it and say, "What's that?" See, that's been For my. Me. I have yeah, I have this same strategy when I wear clothing. I just wear always. I always wear red and black clothing. So it's like I'm ready to fight or talk about Georgia at any time. <laughs> Period. I like that dichotomy. I'm ready yeah. to fight and or talk. Or, f- or fight with words. That's fine, too. Yeah,
1: that's kind of your, your natural weapon. Uh, anyway, we've, we've talked enough about whatever. We've gotten,
0: we've gotten offline here. Um, we well, sure have. Tell me a little hey, bit
1: about some stats. What? Go ahead. I'm sure there's a cold open somewhere in there. <laughs> oh, there's got to be. Um, tell me about some... So we kind of got into it a little bit. So let's talk about some stats worth highlighting for UGA. Uh, specifically, what does UGA need to do stats-wise to win this game? And what are we in trouble if we we don't do?
0: Okay, so, I mean, I think the two stats to look at is, you know, we have a we have a very strong ISO PVP both rushing and passing. And overall, we are a very explosive team. I think that this is going to be one of those games where we need, we must get those explosive plays because I do not, my read of the situation is that it's going to be difficult for us to be, um it's going to be difficult for us to be efficient. I don't think you're going to see a lot of drives where we're just pounding it down the field. I think we're going to need big, runs from Nick Chubb on third and eight or second nine or whatever I think we're going to need you know timely clutch passes from Jake Fromm on third and ten um I don't I think that that explosiveness number I think it's obviously going to go down just for this game because they're a much better uh, uh defense than we played but on the other hand I think it is something that we need to see in order for us to be successful the other thing I think that a trend that we have to reverse is that you know we have a relatively low sack rate uh, we've had a couple of very good games in terms of sex, but, you know, a lot of times we played very vanilla and we just haven't brought extra guys or put pressure or try to do... I mean, you know, a lot of times playing vanilla doesn't mean, oh, we only bring four guys or we only bring three guys. What playing vanilla means is that we just bring four guys from where it looks like they're going to come from because you can move dudes around without blitzing. You know, you can bring three inside line or three defensive linemen and two outside linebackers, or three defensive linemen and an outside linebacker, but not but move them around and stunt them and twist them. Um and that's just as you know, that can be just as effective. And we haven't really done a lot of that. So I think one thing we've got to see is we've just got to hit Jared Stidham. We've just got yeah, to hit him. We gotta hit him a lot. Really interesting to talk
1: about that low sack rate as well. I think this is really good because We've talked about that Clemson game a lot, that 11-sack Clemson game where Jared Siddham got sacked 11 times, which is absolutely... Just unfair. to be clear, ele- um,
0: he got sacked 11 times.
1: Those sacks came from defensive ends uh, the most. So there were six sacks from defensive ends specifically. From linebackers, they were two and a half, and then defensive line, there were a few more on top of that. So I think that it's really interesting to look at our havoc rate as opposed to really just how many times he was sacked by specific parts of that defensive line. So um, once again, my favorite stat, uh, our linebacker and defensive back have a great at this point are both 10th and 14th ranked nationally, uh, respectively. So I'm very okay with that. I'm very confident about our ability to sack at Stedham and that we haven't yet. Uh, we haven't had a heavy sack game at this point because it's been very intentional with Kirby Smart's playbook. That's my tinfoil conspiracy theory for the the, the episode this time around, but That'll kind of factor into my over and unders in a bit when we talk about those as well. I'm into it. I'm ready.
0: Well, let's let's do some over-unders then. Do you want me to roll We don't roll have to do go there more? again. No, we don't have to go all the way. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about what we, what we want to see. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, f- things I want to see. This has to be a good Nick Chubb game. And I say that because I think if we can be efficient in running the ball, and I don't mean we're running for eight or nine a, a chunk. I mean, if we can consistently get to second and six... I think we win this game running away. And the reason I think that is that I just... A, just because what we know about how UGA operates, when we can run efficiently, we're very, very hard to stop. But B, just specifically because that is the the strength of their team, is that front seven. And also just specifically because we've seen that Auburn has a really hard time playing from behind and from ahead this year. I think that you know if we can get up on them and if we can open up the passing game through the run and i mean the efficient run like 5 or 6 run, yards a run um i think we're going to win easily uh, the second thing I think we need to see, and this, this kind of ties into what you were saying a minute ago, is that, we, you know, the Wolfpack, the offensive line, the outside linebackers have got to be good in this game. This game, this this team, is, you know, we're going to have seven people in the pattern a lot because this team will throw down t- downfield on you. And what that means is we're going to have to get pressure from our outside linebackers. They're going to just have to have a good game. Um, and I think that we ha- they have the offensive line that we might be able to take advantage of. I think that their offensive line is probably worse than South Carolina's. So that's very important. And then the third thing, and this is going to be the dudes next to the Wolfpack, um, I think that our front three or our front four, they just have to play big. And they don't have to get a lot of tackles for loss. They don't have to get sacks or fumbles or whatever. That doesn't matter. What matters is if we give up soft yardage to this team, we're we're toast. And the reason for that is that, you know, fundamentally this is like this is closer to being like an inside veer offense or a triple option offense than it is to being like the air raid spread that you think about. This is a team that they are built on running and running the quarterback and running the zone read successfully. And it's very similar to how it is. If you play Georgia tech, like if we just give up three or four yards on first down and gets them where we are screwed. Um, So we've, you know, we've got to see good play from David Marshall and from Mikhail Carter and from, you know, we haven't really had a lot of Trenton Thompson sightings yet this year. So we've got to see really good play from them. Things
1: I want to see. I want to see uh, DeAndre Breaker have a game like he had last week. DeAndre Baker was so clutch last week, and I want him to have. He was. I, he was clutch. He was so good. He had three inter- two interceptions. Two interceptions. Um, was that right? I'm making that up.
0: He had one, not two. Okay. He had one. Yeah. but
1: he he had a great game.
0: He, had, he his his last interception in the fourth in the fourth. Um,
1: the fourth quarter basically won the well sealed the game it sealed the game yeah i definitely want to see deandre baker just have a great game i want him to scare jared sit early in the game and make them run the ball not just deandre baker but the rest of our, our our backs back there i want to force the run i want to see the run i want them to have to have a clumsy gross run and in addition to that it kind of talks about my next point or it lends into my next point rather um they're very weak on the outside defensively. So that's proven again by that Clemson game. I'm, I'm basically just copy and pasting the the way Clemson won into our game. Yeah, I'm hoping the, that that's the blueprint, how we do this. The blueprint yeah, the, for their the success, yeah. Um, they're weak on the outside defensively, and we have the pieces to definitely put pressure on the outside. Like you were saying earlier, we don't have to blitz to put pressure on this quarterback. We don't have to do that at all. We just have to have... We have to make the offense predictable. We have to put pressure on the outside, make them run it up the middle, make them kind mm-hmm. of do something weird up there because they're not going to do anything super creative. Like you said earlier as well, Gus Malzahn, he definitely just kind of runs the same plays over and over again. And he relies on his talent and his power on his players to try and win him the game. Mm-hmm. And so there's there are no frills. There's nothing fancy. He's just going to try to just bull you over, essentially, just like an SEC team would have done traditionally. I, I think we're on the cusp of seeing what the new SEC is kind of looking like and it's kind of shaping up to be, definitely with Kirby Smart and his uh, his coaching staff. And we're just kind of outclassing and outpreparing and, and outplaying all these teams, basically from a coaching standpoint. It's not just about big corn-fed boys anymore. It's about playing a, a full 60 minutes, and I think that's what's going to happen here. Um, the last thing that I want to see is I want to see clutch Jake Fromm in that third down. I think we're going we're gonna to get into a lot of third and long um, situations a lot. I think this is going to be a nasty game. I think that we're going to see... The Auburn players definitely play a, a more of a mental game because they know they're going to have to. I hope that we don't see the UGA players, anybody kind of get upset and play emotionally or, or the, you this, know, incur any penalties this team from it. Will,
0: this team will hit you late, man.
1: Yeah, that's it's, it's going to happen, and it's going to make people upset, and it's going to be something we haven't seen yet. Um, even Tennessee didn't play the way they have in the last few years this year, and so this is going to be something that we haven't seen yet. So I hope that we don't have a lot of penalties, but if we do, we're going to be in third and long regardless uh, because they have such a great... Um, defense against efficiency and so we're going to need to see that clutch Jake Fromm that we've seen uh the past few games it's throwing 10 yards every completion that's going to get those first downs and
0: keep us going down the field yeah he's we're going to have to convert some clutch third downs Mm -hmm. so we can pull into over and unders at this point if you want yeah let's do let's do some over unders um I got one for you over under 25 passes thrown by Jake Fromm
1: is that completions or attempts attempts I think it's over this is going to be a big passing game I think No, wait no let's think about it actually they're weaker against the deep the 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 rush and we've got arguably the best rushing core in the league yeah i think it's under i i want to i think that jake Fromm's going to throw some clutch throws but i think that a lot of our efficiency and explosiveness is going to come um from our backs so i'm thinking he's going to be between somewhere like 15 to 20 throws this game so i'm gonna say under i'm gonna say over i just yeah i don't
0: i don't yeah, I I think it's going to be a close game. And I think he's going to have to, I think Jake Fromm's going to have to win the game. I'm 70% confident he can do that in that situation. But, you know,
1: I see where you're saying that, too, because this is definitely a team that's going to be able to make us play the way they want us to play. They have a defense that's going to be able, have to force our hand and they know yeah. that we're weaker. Uh, our pass game is weaker than our rushing game. And so they're mm-hmm. going to make us pass. And so you could be right. This could be the, the most passing game that Fromm's had this entire season. All right. So what's, what's one from you in the same, uh, kind of vein uh, that I was talking about, uh, clutch Jake from, I'm going to say zero interceptions from Jake from, and this is either an over or a push.
0: <laughs> okay. So yeah, I got, I get what you're saying. So it, I, I think the traditional way to do that is to say over, under like 0.5 interceptions.
1: Yeah. But I so. felt confident about saying one because or zero, because one felt kind of like a cop out and it seemed too easy, but we can say one, let's say, over and under one, exactly.
0: Okay, um, I'm going to take under. I don't, yeah, I think he's going to play pretty clean. I think, uh, I think my concerns lie way more with the uh, rushing game than with the passing game. And they, they're a very good pass defense as well. But uh, you know, we're facing off against Triggatray again, and you know that's been a pretty successful theme uh, thing for a lot of de- teams just the record Trey Matthews is a, a UGA or he's an Auburn safety that were originally put at UGA and got kicked off the team for a double cashing checks. Um, and it's just generally been a tool for the past, like five years, <laughs> just in the, he, he was right. one of those 2013 kids. He was just, just a, a tool bag.
1: Hey, I also want to bring up that Auburn's only pulled, uh, three interceptions the entire year. Yeah. Just, just those of you that are, yeah. are curious out there.
0: If you're counting out there at home. Yeah. Um, All right, I'll give you over-under three UGA sacks.
1: Ooh, I want over. I want it so bad. I think this is totally possible. And I I even wrote in our notes, like, I I echoed the over-under. This is my first note that I was going to place before I got to our notes for this episode, but you had already Mm -hmm. made them. So Mm -hmm. I just said, I'm going to echo the sacks. Um, I definitely, I think this is going to be over. I think Lorenzo Carter is going to tear him up. And I really hope Lorenzo Carter tears him up. I'm going to say over for sure.
0: Okay um i'm gonna say under uh, you know what actually no. i'm gonna stick to my guns i'm gonna say over i I think four sounds like a good number four Um, is a good number i think that we i think that you're i think that we're getting to the point where your tinfoil hat is not a tinfoil hat and you're just right because i think (laughs) this is the game this is the game where it's like yeah you want to save something for alabama whatever figure that out later you got to win this game you know what yeah. I mean? You win this game and a lot of things open up for you because if you win this game, it's it's pretty likely you're gonna beat Kentucky. And of course, something can happen against Georgia Tech, but it's also pretty likely that you're gonna beat Georgia Tech. So if you win this game, you're sitting at 12-0, possibly. Mm. It, let me put it this way. If you win this game, you got a way better chance of going 12-0. And yeah. if you can go 12-0 and you can just be competitive in the SEC, suddenly you're looking at the playoff. So I mean this 100%. is this is this is for not all the marbles, but a damn a damn few of them. So, I mean, I really, I think that we're going to see just about everything you can think of in the playbook. We're, you're going to see stunts, you're going to see shifts, you're going to see slants, you're going to see pinches. Anything we can do to move the defensive line around, get the offensive line's eyes moving. And then I think you're just going to see some blitzes. I, you know, we haven't, we've brought a little bit of pressure from the boundary. We, put, we brought a little bit of delayed blitz from Roquan, but we mm. haven't seen the like sort of vintage Bears double-A gap blitz. Uh, and I think we're going um, to. I think this is what you save it for. So, or look at it this way. It, what's it, that? If you were a smart coach and you were smarter than me at coaching, I think this would be the game that you were, you would save them for. And so, since I think our coaches are smart, this is that's what I think we're gonna see.
1: But I'm hoping we don't open the entire playbook because if we do, that Alabama game is gonna be that much tougher.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I mean, that's true. But also at the end of the day, like ultimately, if you don't win this game, the Alabama game means a lot less. Yeah. Then you're not strange, then you're right? not in control of your de- destiny. You're you're kind of playing spoiler a little bit if you mm-hmm. lose this game. I just want to. I really think that this will be Lorenzo
1: Carter or Davin Bellamy's kind of breakout game. game. Like yeah. this is gonna be their big breakout game. Like this is gonna be the one we look at their highlights for in the draft. I think that it's just gonna. They're gonna tear them up. It's gonna be fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I feel it. i I. You know what? We're sitting here like probably 30 seconds away from me having to make these mix, or make these uh, make these picks. And yeah. I, I'm still. I'm. St- I've gone back and forth in my head like three or four times since we started talking about <laughs> the over unders. <laughs> All right, so let's make some picks.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Do you want me to go first? You, you go first. You go
0: first. I, I need to stall because I'm still thinking about this. Okay, I, I was
1: kind of thinking about it too. The first number that came to mind, honestly, was 23-14 Georgia. I definitely think this is going to be a one-score to one-and-a-half-score game just because Auburn has done a great job of playing to their kind of adapting up. And all of their losses this year, their loss against Clemson was 6-14. Um, their loss against LSU 23, 27. I don't even count that game just because it was, that, that was just a, just such a crappy performance offensively on the ball. And I don't think we're going to see that Auburn this yeah, time around.
0: You, you can't count on that for sure.
1: No, I, I really just keep thinking back on the Clemson game that this is going to be a low scoring game. This is going to be, it's going to look like a, a West, uh, SEC West game from two top contenders. And it's going to be a really low scoring game. Um twenty three fourteen was the first thing that came to mind, but I think it might even be lower than that. I think it even might be like fourteen ten Georgia. Okay. Which that doesn't feel right, but I'm gonna say no, it. I, I it doesn't it, make sense.
0: The, here's the thing. Nothing really feels right. No. All right. Here's so here's my here it is. So here's your right. word of the day. Here's my decision calculus. Let's do it. I'm telling you, look up nominalizations. They're a very powerful tool to strengthen your writing. Um anyway. <laughs> um Here's my thought process. To use a different term, this is going to be a close game. I think you're right. This is basically a coin flip on S P Plus. This uh, S&P Plus has us winning this by two points, so that's that's a coin flip. So it's it's hard to know, right? These are two teams that match each other pretty well. There's not one place that one team is bad at that the other team is like super good at. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a little bit on the margins. Like you know, I think we can get some long rushing plays against them, and I think that they could probably get um they could probably throw a couple of long balls on us so but it's it's very even so if it's even and i think the talent is pretty even which it is then i think what you got to look to as the x factor is a uh, home field advantage which is definitely in auburn's favor but i think even more than that you have to look at coaching and at the end of the day you know like with my life on the line if i have to have two sets two coaching staffs and come out and coach in a game for me and i know this is weird to say after last year but i would really rather have georgia's coaching staff right now mm-hmm. so that's all the way of saying that i'm going to pick us to win 24
1: 17 24 17 nathan i know i love
0: it since when am i the liberal
1: picker on this show you did it if yeah, it's 23 14 i'm gonna kick myself in the butt This has been Chapel Bell Curve. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you can subscribe to a podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook by searching Chapel Bell Curve, by email at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at chapelbellcurve. We're very good at responding to all of our uh, messages, so make sure Mm -hmm. if you have anything to say, let us know. Also, go check out our new website, chapelbellcurve.com. It's a hub for all of our content, blog posts, episodes, Twitter feeds, and anything else we find relevant throughout the week. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. We'd be happy to read those out on the air. Whether uh, it's on the next episode or one of our following episodes, we'd be happy to do that. But as always, we're going to catch you in the Classic City next week. And until then, go dogs! Yeah! yeah. Uh, pizzle! pizzle. Let's go early! What we do? I like driving in my truck He likes to drive in his truck Auburn sucks Auburn, sucks. Auburn sucks. In my truck he likes to drive in his truck oh, uh, auburn truck auburn sucks. I like trucks he likes trucks I don't uh, I don't care for Auburn
0: he doesn't care